Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and, and that he had said these things to her. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us this morning through your word. Your word is living and active, the words that you spoke 2,000 years ago, but also this word here and now today, we thank you for your words, which John, your disciple, your apostle, recorded for us to look at this morning. I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that these words would stir in our hearts a greater affection for you. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. You may have a seat. Oh, it's interesting that John, it's interesting, and not by accident, this is on purpose, but it is interesting that John let us know that Mary didn't recognize Jesus at first glance. I think this is here for a reason. I think this is a lesson for us, and that lesson is that reason can often hide reality. You're probably wrestling with that idea, and we'll, we'll unpack that as we go this morning, but reason can often hide reality reality. For as highly as we hold reason, and we ought to hold reason high, thinking reasonably, thinking logically, but for as high as we hold reason and our ability to, to be reasonable people, it's second place to reality. See, reason is defined as forming conclusions, judgments, or inferences from facts or premises, to think or argue in a logical manner. But just because something is logical doesn't make it real, right? Can we all agree on this? See, reason is good, and we ought to be people of reason who use our minds to think clearly and to think logically, but we can all reason the wrong things. We can come to the wrong conclusions, judgments, or inferences from false premises. For example, when I was a boy, my family was on a trip out to Montana, and we were in Big Sky, Montana, this beautiful area. Actually, we were in Red Lodge on, on this occasion. I remember the little condo that we were staying at in Red Lodge, Montana, and for whatever reason, during, during one of the evenings, my sisters and I had watched a little documentary on fire ants. And fire ants are terrifying. I don't know if you know this or not. They don't live in Minnesota. But if you watch a documentary on fire ants, you're going to be terrified of fire ants. That evening, I, I had nightmares about fire ants, that they were attacking me, that they were stinging me and biting me. And so then finally morning came, and my sisters and my family were all excited to go outside and to hike the mountains, beautiful mountains in Montana, Red Lodge, Montana. And they were excited to go explore. And I wouldn't go. I was terrified that there were fire ants in the mountains that were going to attack me. I had my reasons for thinking this. 
I had watched a documentary and I had learned a little bit about the type of climate that fire ants live in. And Montana climate is a little different than Minnesota climate. And I didn't know a whole lot about Montana, but I had reason to believe, and it, this was illogical reason, but I had reason to believe that fire ants lived in Montana and that they were going to attack me. Despite my parents' best efforts to try and, to try and prove to me that fire ants didn't exist in Montana. That, that's just not the reality. Andrew, you have nothing to worry about. There is no reason, there is no logical reason, there is no point for you to want to stay inside and protect yourself from fire ants. There are no fire ants in, Min in Montana and Minnesota, praise the Lord. I think I'm over my fear of fire ants now. But see, this is how reason and reality can sometimes conflict, and they don't always conflict. Many of you are, are reasonable people. You like using your mind. That's a good, that's a great thing, and we'll talk more about that as we go this morning. But sometimes reason and reality conflict. Just because we think something doesn't make it true. Reality, on the other hand, is described as this. It's the state or quality of being real. It's something that exists independently of ideas concerning it. Regardless of what we think about reality, it is what it is. Reality is truth. Reality is fact. Reality is what it is. See, reason is why Mary didn't recognize Jesus. Reality is the fact that he was standing before her. We see that here in this passage in John, and I'm convinced that John wants us to understand this. He tells us that Mary didn't recognize Jesus for a reason. It's not just a random thing that he threw in there. He had a point and a purpose for this. And it's my belief this morning that all of us in this room, to a certain degree, are missing the reality of the resurrection due to our own reasoning. Maybe, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, and you have reasons for that. You have logical reasons for that. You've read some articles. You've done some studying. You've talked to some people. And, and all of this Jesus living a perfect life, dying a sinner's death and overcoming sin and death in the grave, like coming back from death just doesn't make sense to you. You have reasons to not place your faith in Jesus Christ. Many of you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You, you've, had, you've had reason to do that. And God ultimately stirred in your heart to do that. But I'm convinced that most of us in this room who are Christians and have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, we have reasons to, to kind of doubt or miss out on some of the power of resurrection's reality. The fact that Jesus has overcome sin and death in the grave in our place on our behalf, regardless of if we believe that or not, I think we've missed some of the power behind that, and it's due to our own reasons. I think we can learn a lot from Jesus and Mary's interaction here in this passage about reason and reality. I see three reasons why Mary missed Jesus at first glance. Why she didn't recognize reality for what it was at first glance. The first one is that Mary was rational. Mary was rational. This is a good thing. We ought to be rational people, but sometimes our rationale can get in the way of seeing reality. See, Mary was thinking rationally. She was thinking logically. She had just three days earlier seen Jesus hanging on a tree. This is Mary Magdalene. She was one of the ones that was there at the final hour. She saw Jesus take his last breath. She saw his side be pierced and water and blood flow from it. She saw the Roman soldiers take him down from the cross and proclaim that he was dead, that there was no breath left. They saw them, she saw them haul Jesus to the tomb, place him in Joseph's tomb, and roll the stone in front of it, and then she went back home. 
to the other disciples to spend time with them, to, to mourn the loss of one of her best, best friends. She was thinking rationally when she came to the tomb that morning. It was a rational thing for her to not assume that Jesus would be alive. But rational thinking doesn't always uncover reality, does it? Especially in this spiritual realm, which we have a hard time seeing the spiritual realities around us. Rational thinking doesn't always uncover reality. It's hard for us to believe this in, in the West. We are children of the Enlightenment. And we think that, that rational thinking, that reason always wins the day. And there's reasons for believing this. I mean, if you're, if you're a skeptic here this morning, we're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you're asking questions, or maybe you've quit asking questions because you've come to your own conclusions. I, I want to encourage you that there are reasons to believe in the resurrection. Tim Keller, a, a pastor from New York, has a great book called Reasons for God. I would love to get you a copy of that and read through that with you if you are questioning whether or not there's reasons to believe in God and the resurrection. There's another book called Case for Christ by a guy named Lee Strobel in Chicago. There's actually a movie out now called Case for Christ. I encourage you to, to watch that and to read that book if you're wrestling with whether there's reason or not to believe in the resurrection. There is reason to believe in the resurrection. And I think there's also a reason that causes us not to believe or, or to downplay the power of the resurrection. And so ask yourself this morning, Mary was rational. Has some of your rational thinking kept you from seeing the reality of the resurrection, either for salvation or for its power being unleashed in your life? Like rational thinking. I mean, the, the American Western thinking is, I've got to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I've got to build a good life for myself. I've got to overcome my challenges. I've got to power up. I've got to, I've got to either I've got to do it myself or I have to rely too much on others. And, and this is kind of the American rational thinking, right? We have the culture of our day and age which says, you better get after it. And, and so think for yourself, has your rational thinking caused you to not trust and depend on the power of the resurrection? Second reason that Mary didn't see reality is that she was emotional. Now, a lot of people say rational thinking and emotional thinking don't go hand in hand, right? Rational thinking and emotion, like they don't go hand in hand. You have to, you have to squell emotion and think rationally. Or if people are too rational, the emotional people are like, you should get more emotional. You should feel this issue. There's something here that you're not feeling and you should feel it. It's not all in your head. You can't think everything through. Some things you have to feel through. And, and Mary was both. And we are all both, right? And we actually need to learn how to take rational thinking and emotionalism and, and our emotions and we need to put them together and we need to think logically and emotionally. But in this case, Mary's emotion was part of why she didn't see reality. He, here's Mary's emotion. This text tells us that she was weeping, that she was in tears, that she was mourning, that she was grieving. Jesus had healed Mary Magdalene from seven demons. She was possessed by seven demons. Jesus came along and healed her. Many people believe she was a prostitute. There's not proof of that in the text, but many people believe that she was a prostitute and that Jesus helped set her free from a life of enslavement and abuse and being taken advantage of. Jesus was extremely close with Mary's family, Mary Magdalene, Martha, and Lazarus. In fact, a week before this, Jesus had raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. 
And so Mary has all these emotions. The, the, the man that, that kind of set my family free from all of our oppression, the man who brought my brother back from the dead, the man who cast the demons out of me, which had been wrecking my life, is now dead. She's filled with emotion at the tomb. She's going there expecting to find her dead friend and savior and master, the man who set her life free. She's mourning his death and his loss. And the reality is, is that it's hard for us to see reality when we're filled with emotion. Now, sometimes emotion can help, help us to identify reality, right? So I'm not saying emotion is always bad. Emotion is good. It's a good gift from God. And sometimes we need to tap into our emotion to see reality. But also, emotion can, can distort reality, can it not? Emotion can make it hard for us to thie- see things as they really are. For example, my son Judah, when we have him try and eat certain foods that he doesn't like, I asked him if I could share the story since he's in here. Hey, buddy. When we've asked him in the past, and he hasn't done this for a while, so I think he's growing up. Maturity comes for all of us. Proud of you, buddy. When we've asked him to eat foods that he doesn't like, in an emotional response to not wanting to eat that gross food, he will declare to Brittany and I, I'm never eating again. It's not about that one food that he doesn't like. It's about everything. See, he has reasons for saying that, but he doesn't see reality. Clearly, he's going to eat again. But his emotions make it hard for him to see reality. And aren't all of us like this? We say extreme things in the heat of the moment. We don't see reality for what it is. We don't remember reality for what it is. And so let me ask you this morning, church, what are certain emotions that may be holding you back from seeing the reality of the resurrection? Maybe you've never placed your faith in Jesus and and you have emotional reasons for that, like just wrestling with pain and suffering and losing loved ones. And why would a good God take my loved ones? And and there's emotions attached to that. Maybe you're a non-Christian or you're a Christian dealing with those things. I just want you to think and to see clearly how might your emotions be blocking the reality of the resurrection and resurrection power for you this Easter. And then thirdly, Mary was physical. I mean, she just was physical. It was there, she was there early in the morning. It was likely too dark for her to see, and her eyes were filled with tears. It was probably hard for her to recognize Jesus just because she was bound by her physical limitations. We all have them. We are bound by the physical limitations of the world that we live in. If it's dark, it's hard to see. If our eyes are filled with tears, it's hard to see, and there's many other physical limitations that we may have in this room. And that can be reason, that can give a reason for us not seeing the reality of the resurrection. Our physical limitations can, can block our ability to see reality, especially supernatural reality, right? Because the supernatural reality doesn't have the physical limitations. It's not in the physical realm that we live in. And so we need to trust God to open our eyes and to help us to see reality for what it is. Now, I think it's fascinating to look at what opened Mary's eyes so that she could see reality for what it was. Mary saw reality when Jesus called her name. He was before her, he was in front of her, and it took Jesus speaking her name for her to get it. Look at verse 16. Look at verse 15 and 16. So Jesus, verse 14, having said this, she turned and saw Jesus standing. So she sees him. But she's thinking rationally, she's emotional, and she's bound by her physical state. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Verse 15, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, 
She had reason to think it wasn't Jesus. She made an assumption. It's the gardener. She said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni. Upon hearing her name, Mary could see reality clearly. I think this brings us back to John chapter 10, where Jesus was preparing his followers for moments like this. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door of the shepherd of the sheep is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. The reality is that Jesus is speaking our name. He's calling to us individually. And will you follow? Will you respond? Flip back to John chapter 20. I want to close out with us seeing reality for what it is this morning. Here is our reality this morning, church. Here's what is true. Regardless of the reasons that you have, the baggage that you have, the circumstances, the cultural, the cultural um, things that get in the way of you either believing the reality of the resurrection or not trusting the power of the resurrection. Regardless of all that, here's the reality this morning. Jesus is alive. Amen? And those of you who want to see reason for that and hear arguments and look at archaeology studies and all that, that, there is that, and I would love to get that for you. But this is the truth. This is the reality. Regardless of our reasons that hinder us from believing this, the reality of this world is that Jesus really lived, Jesus really died, Jesus really overcame sin and death and the grave, and he is alive and well. Now, the reality is that he knows your name and he calls you by name. We see here in this passage that Jesus calls Mary by name. Jesus, in his resurrected state, he knows us intimately. He knew Mary, he called her by name, and Scripture is full of examples of him calling his followers by name. If you are a follower of Jesus here this morning, Jesus knows your name Not only does he know your name, he knows the number of hairs on your head or the lack of hair there on your head. He knows you deeply and intimately, and he calls you by name. If you're not a follower of Jesus here this morning, Jesus knows your name, and he's calling you by name here and now this morning. Would you come? Would you respond? Would you see reality for what it is? The third reality is that Jesus' Father is your father. Look at what Jesus says here in this text. Verse 18, Do not cling to me. He's talking to Mary Magdalene. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father. Jesus here is saying that anyone who follows him, we are in the same family and we can now call God Father, Abba Father, Daddy. We have this deep, intimate, close, personal relationship with God the Father. He is our Father. Jesus' Father is also your Father. That is reality when you place your faith in Jesus Christ. Regardless of your experience with your earthly father, regardless of what baggage the word Father carries for you, regardless of what reasons you have to to reject that Father imagery or to really long for it but not not find that, that fulfillment in Jesus, 
And in God, Jesus here is saying, when you follow him, his father is your father. Also, his God is your God. So father, there's this deep, intimate, personal relationship. And then he says, he goes on, he tells Mary to go back and tell the brothers, say to them, I am ascending to the father, to my father and your father. Same father that's mine is also yours. And to my God and your God. Father is this personal, intimate, relational relationship. And then God is this all creator, this creator of all things. All knowing, all powerful, all present. Jesus says, I am one with the Father. I am one with God. He is in this Trinitarian relationship. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus here is saying, you've been invited into relationship with this being. With this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-present God, he is your God, personally. He's not just the God of a nation. He's not just the God of other people. He is your God. He's personally, intimately your Father. He is also personally, intimately your Sovereign. He reigns, he rules over your life. And then lastly, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in you. That's not here in this text, but let's jump to Romans chapter 8, verse 11, to see this played out. And we see that Jesus was, in fact, raised from the dead in this text here, right? This is the Easter message. But look at how Scripture goes on to say this. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, so the power of the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. That's how Jesus came walking out of the grave. The stone which was guarded by Roman guards was removed. And Jesus, raised back to life, walked out of the grave. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen, church? That's the last reality for us to see this morning. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in those who believe. What are the reasons that you have that holds you back from believing that? Like, I'm in this mess because I made this mess myself, and that may be true. And because I made this mess for myself, I have to get myself out of the mess? Well, you're not seeing reality then. Because the reality of the gospel is that Jesus went into the mess for you, in your place, on your behalf. He overcame sin and death in the grave, and he raised again to new life. And now that same power is living within you. He is fighting your battles. He is working on your behalf. He is empowering you to live this new life of the resurrection. Church, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and well in you. Struggling with addiction? Trust the power of the resurrection. Struggling with the same sin pattern? Trust the power of the resurrection that's at work in you. Struggling with relational conflict? Trust the power of the resurrection. Trust the, the reality of resurrection's power within you. Trust Jesus, church. That's the point. That's our reality. He's alive. He knows your name and he calls you by name. Jesus' father is your father. Jesus' God is your God. And the same power that set Jesus free from the grave is at work in you. 
Would you trust reality this morning? Would you see reality? And would you trust that the same power that brought Jesus out of the grave would be unleashed in your life? For God's glory, for your good and the good of those that you interact with in the advancement of his gospel. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for living the perfect life. We thank you for dying a sacrificial death. I thank you for this story here, this interaction of Jesus and Mary, where we see that, that at times our reason can hide a greater reality. Lord, that's true for each one of us. We are bound by our, by our physical being, but yet in you we've been given the supernatural. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you would help each one of us this morning to see reality for what it is, the reality of the resurrection. And I pray that your resurrection power would be unleashed in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.